Amen? I don't want to be dealing with that. Psalm 137, you there? I'm going to be in the New American Standard Bible. And it reads, By the rivers of Babylon, there we sat down and wept when we remembered Zion. Upon the willows in the midst of it, we hung our harps. For there our captors demanded of us songs and our tormentors mirth. And let me just explain what's going on. This psalm here is dealing with the captivity of Israel. Babylon has come, uh, the Babylonians have come and they have captured Israel. They have tore down the holy city, Jerusalem. They have tore down the temple uh, and they are now dragging these people from uh, Jerusalem all the way to Babylon. And so now they're defeated. They have no more homes. They have, their whole life is destroyed. And the enemy is asking them to sing a song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. So he says, uh, for our captors demand of us songs and our tormentors mirth saying, sing it to us, not just any old song, but one of those songs of Zion. And they ask, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Now they asked the question, but in the next line they started singing. And they said, if I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget her skill. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you for what you're going to do tonight. We praise you for your presence. We thank you for your visitation. Now do what only you can do. Spirit, if we all assembled here on today and you not show up, it will be an assembly in vain. So we pray for your Holy Spirit to come down. Rest, rule, and abide. Take captive right now. Uh, take joy in what we're going to say and what we are doing. We ask you right now to take a seat in our mists right now in the name of Jesus. And God, we thank you for your presence because we feel you in here already. We recognize that you are awesome. We recognize that you are mighty. We exalt you high above the heavens and the earth. We magnify your name. We make your name great in this place. You are worthy. You are merciful. You are mighty. You are gracious. And you are our deliverer. So right now we thank you. Let me say no more uh, than you want me to say, Father God. And I just thank you right now. Do what I can't do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On your way to your seat, touch your neighbor and say, neighbor, whatever you do this year, don't stop singing. Tell somebody else, whatever you do this year, don't stop singing. Don't stop singing. Don't stop singing. Hallelujah. Don't stop singing. Hallelujah. Uh, it was this time last year that I stood before you and I gave you a word that the Lord has spoken for 2012. Uh, and the word that the Lord gave for 2012 was a year of peace. Uh, the Lord instructed me to speak to you about peace, resting in God, uh, having the perfect peace of God, having the peace of God in situations. And it's funny that when God gives us a word, we always like to think for God. Because when God, when we receive a word for God, we already have in our minds how that word is supposed to be applied. And what I'm learning is that when God gives us a word, uh, we don't have any say-so on how the word is applied to our life. 
uh, uh, believe it or not, we actually don't have any say. So when God releases a word over us, uh, the word is going to do what he sent it out to do. The Bible says that uh, God's word shall not come back to him void. It will accomplish what he set it out to do. His word was sent out to find you where you were or where you are. And his word is going to accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. So many times when we receive a word from God, we want to do what we want it to do. Because when we pray, we pray God uh, about specifics and about conditions, and we want God to change conditions. So when we receive a word, we think the word is really about our condition. But, but living in 2012, 2012 did not look like a year of peace from the natural eye. It didn't look like a year of, of peace and, and rest. It looked like a, rare, a year of torture and torment. If anything, I feel like that me personally, I was stretched more than I ever was this year. It, it, things that I would not even have imagined that would happen, happen this year. Am I talking to anybody else in there? Things that, 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 that you didn't really plan out for. You, you, we, 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 we come to the beginning of every year with high hopes and high expectations. But by the time March and, and, and May, April and May roll around, we begin to question what God is. We begin to question whether the word was spoken was true. Oh, y'all, y'all I guess I'm the only one in here. You, you begin to sometimes forget about what God promised. Because of the situations that come in your life. So what the Lord was dealing with me about, and I'm just giving you my own personal testimony, is that God says, when I commanded peace, I wasn't speaking to your condition. Hallelujah. God says that when I commanded peace in your life, I was speaking to you. See, what you have to understand, when Jesus was on the ship and the storm was raging, the Bible says that he stepped out and he said, peace be still. And I want you to understand that I know scripturally we say that Christ was speaking to the storm, but I, I, ref- I don't really believe that. I really believe that, number one, he was speaking to his disciples because his disciples were the one in disarray. The storm was doing what it was purposed to do, create havoc. Hallelujah. But storms are created to create. Am I making sense in this room? Storms are created to, 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 to rush up things, to, to blow things down and to stir things up. Am I making sense in this room? That's what storms are sent for. But we are not supposed to be moved. Oh, my God. When the storms come, we're not supposed to move. We're not supposed to run. We're the ones supposed to be brave. We're the ones supposed to be uh, uh, standing and, and, um, and what, what's what I'm looking for? Standing and, and, and leaning upon the word, rooted and grounded in the word of God. When storms come, so when God spoke, I don't believe he was speaking to his disciples. I believe, he, I mean, his, uh, the storm, I believe he was speaking to his disciples. And he was telling his disciples to be peaceful. Peace. Peace be still. And then I want you to understand one more thing. God called peace out of a chaotic situation. The, the, everything was, the disciples were about to drown, but he called peace. He called it by name. He called it by name. He said, peace be still. And because he called it by name, it had to come and do what he said it out. That's why the Bible, old folks used to say that when he called Lazarus, he had to call Lazarus by name. Because if he said, well, get up, he said every dead body would have gotten up. That's how much power that God has that when God speaks, bodies respond. Am I making sense in this room? So you have to understand the only reason why you're sitting in this room right now is because the Lord spoke. 
the Lord spoke and your body responded to what he said. Am I making sense of somebody in this room? Because if truth be told, some of us didn't want to come tonight. But it was something that wouldn't allow you to stay there. It was something that wouldn't allow you just to lay there. It was something that wouldn't allow all these distractions that the enemy was sending to keep you at home. It was because you were responding to his word. The word that he spoke before the foundations of the world. And so we have to understand that when God speaks, whatever he speaks and whoever he speaks it to has got to perform it. Am I making sense in this room? So the only reason why I made it out of 2012 is because in 2011, he spoke the word peace. Y'all going to miss this. Because he spoke peace before 2012 even came in this, came in here, I was able to go through what I had to go through and still have the peace of God. Am I talking to somebody in this room? Listen, the craziest thing is that there were situations where you had every right to act up. You had every right to cuss somebody out. You had every right to, to throw in the towel. You had every right to give up. You had every right to call it quits. But something wouldn't let you. The Bible says that he gave us peace that passes all understanding. If you look back over your life, you don't understand why you kept your cool the way you kept it. You can't understand why you prayed instead of falling out. You can't understand why you went to church instead of going back to the crack house. You couldn't understand why you didn't run back to those old names and those old numbers. But the only reason why... Is it's because the Lord spoke a word over your life and your spirit had to respond to it. Am I talking to somebody in this room? Your spirit has to respond to God because the Holy Spirit is inside of you if you are a believer. And when God speaks, that's why he was able to call us out of darkness into his marvelous light because he has power over our spirit am i talking to anybody and his spirit goes where he sends it am i making sense in this room the only reason why you were called out of darkness is because god spoke to the spirit of god they had a conversation with the god in you and the god in you responded to the god that was speaking and you were called out of darkness into the marvelous light the only reason why you're here today is because you responded to a call it's touch your neighbor and say God's calling you I know you think that you messed up too many times I know you think you did too much I know you think you're dirty I know you think you're too sinful I know you think nobody wants you but I've stopped by here to tell you God has called you Oh my God, I wish I had a couple people in here that knew that. I don't care what your marital status is. I don't care where you work at. I don't care what you look like. I don't care how fat you are. I don't care how skinny you are. It don't make a difference how black you are or how white you are. God called you. Am I talking to somebody in this room? You are alive today because the calling of God is on your life. My God, the only reason why you're alive today is because the word of God kept your body when all else failed. Some of y'all shouldn't be walking through this door. They didn't diagnose you with everything underneath the sun, but his word said you are healed. Some of you shouldn't even be in your right mind. You done went through so much, been raped, been molested, been beaten, been divorced, been cast down, forsaken, but yet not destroyed. The only reason why you're here is because of the calling of God on your life. And I've stopped by here to tell you that God is telling us it's time to get in line. It's time to get it together. Touch your neighbor and say, get it together. 
if, if you're going to get it together any year, get it together this year because time is drawing nigh. We are in 2013 and as obscure as the number 13 is, this is your number to break through. This is your, if you're going to do it, do it now. If you're going to leave him, leave him now. If you're going to leave her, leave her now. If you want to go to school, go to school now. Whatever it is God's been calling you to do, pushing you to do, or begging you to do, do it now. Because the word of God has already been spoken over you. Look at somebody tell them you're victorious. Sometimes we're stuck because we're afraid we're going to fail. And we don't understand that failure is part of the process. Yeah, failure is part of the process. Look at all the Bible, uh, biblical characters that failed, biblical people that failed, but yet still made it. Each and every one of them had a failure in their life. And listen, look at what David did. Killed a man. Took his wife. Got her pregnant. Had a baby with her. Come on here, somebody. Look, 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 what, look what Samson did. Could not keep the vow that he was given to him as a child. Look what Samuel, what, what Samuel, what Saul did. Look what all these Bible characters did. But yet, I've come by here to tell you that you have done some of the things that they have done. But yet, God has still forgiven you. The Spirit of God has protected you. Oh, come on here, somebody. Uh, the Spirit of God has kept you alive. You're drinking like a fish, but you're still kept alive. Fussing and cussing, but you're still, you should have been cut up and shot up as much mouth as you had in that club. But thanks be unto God, there was a protection around you. And God is saying, I've only kept you, not for you to keep running back there doing the same thing. I kept you alive for a purpose. I kept you alive because I have a plan. For I know the thoughts I have for you. Thoughts to prosper you. To bring you to an expected end. Is there anybody in this room that believes that there's more to your life than what you're going through? Stop giving your problems so much credit. Stop crying broke. Stop crying lonely. Stop crying defeated and say, I'm more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Greater is he that's within me than he that's within the world. No weapon formed against me shall be able to prosper. Is there anybody in this room that knows enough word to get through your situation? The Bible says that when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against it. Touch your neighbor and tell him, baby, God's raising a standard. He's raising a standard and he's protecting every angle. So every angle that the enemy's trying to go through uh, has been blocked. Uh, somebody shout cancel. The plot has been canceled. The plan has been canceled. The assignment was canceled. You shall live and not die. And declare the, the works of the Lord. Somebody in this room, give God a praise. This is not your time to give up. It's not your time to die. It's not your time to lay there. I know you went through some hard things last year, but the peace of God kept you. The peace of God kept you. Perfect peace. Mind stayed on him. Peace that surpasses all understanding. And he kept us in peace. Not pieces. Though we fell to pieces. But he kept us in peace. One whole. Not scattered. But put together. 
Oh, that's why Paul said all things work together. For the good of them that love the Lord and are called according to his purpose. Everything you went through, whether it was good or bad, was used for the glory of God. Oh, I know you don't believe that in here. But I've stopped by here to say everything you, every wrong thing you did, God says, I'm going to use it for your glory. I'm going to use it as a testimony. I'm going to keep you alive. I'm going to keep you. This is not a time to get, uh, as the Bible says, to be drunk, but this is time to be sober minded. You can't miss what God is doing now. You can't miss this next step. You can't miss this next season of your life. You've got to be attentive. You've got to be, uh, your eyes have got to be open. You've got to be obedient. So So this past year, he kept us in peace. And, and so now as we roll into this year, the Lord was dealing with me. We, we dealt with some heavy things this past year. We dealt with a lot of spiritual warfare. We, we tackled Wicca and a couple of those other demonic things back in March. We, we, we tackled those generational curses back in August. I mean, we, we, we went heavy this year. We went heavy this year. Uh, but the Lord showed me that even though those things were broken, some of us are still in there. Though, though the door of the prison is open, some of us have made a house, residency in prison. Some of us have made a decision to stay there. All the praying that was done, all the fasting, all, all the laying and slaying, God has destroyed every yoke. He has destroyed the bondage. But yet some of us are still laying there. And I said, God, you you got to explain this to me. Because I'm not a patient man by nature. And I find it sometimes to be insulting. To waste so much time. But yet see no results. I, 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 I can't, sometimes I take it personal. I shouldn't. I'm just letting y'all into my mind. I'm letting y'all into my mind for a moment. And, and I said, well, God, what else do we got to do? And then the Spirit said, they got to break through. See, we, we, we think that when God does what he does, it's over. But what God does what he does is just the beginning. If God, when God showed up to Paul and Silas in that prison, and the Bible says that all the bands of the prisoners have fallen off of them. If Paul and Silas would have remained in that prison, everything that God did would have been for no effect. No, it would have been void. It had been for no cause. But even when God freed them from prison, they had to get up and they had to walk out. And that's one of our biggest problems we have. We think God and the pastor is supposed to do everything. What the Lord was dealing with me with because I went to God. I said, well, people ask me, how do I do this? I said, well, Lord, what should I tell them? God said, tell them to figure it out. He said, you don't have all the answers. You're not supposed to have all the answers. Speak what I tell you. Tell them to figure it out for themselves. I said, well, Lord, that sounds a little hard. He said, they got to pray. They got to seek my faith. He said, you can't do everything for them. He said, you're enabling them. Keep trying to make up scenarios and situations. He said, let them get on their own knees. Let them go to God for themselves. He said, let them figure it out. Because what God was letting me know that you can do all the praying you want. But if you don't break through yourself. 
touch your name and tell him to break through it. Break, break through it, break, break through it. He, he didn't say desert him, but he said, leave him alone. Stop trying to give him answers all the time. He said, let them figure it out themselves because if we do everything, if God does everything and we do nothing in return, then we mess up what God is doing. We have crucified him again. God says, so we got to break out. You got to, you got to break out. Here's God has showed up in a jail cell, and we're concerned about the jail cell. I said, God showed up at the jail cell, and we're still crying about the jail cell. Y'all, y'all still ain't get that. Here, here's God showed up. at your deathbed and you're still talking about the sickness here's God has showed up in your situation and you're still talking about the problem God is saying I'm already dead he says now in 2013 he says I've already kept them in peace he said I've already given you what you need he says in 23 it's time to move forward it's time to break through it it's time to break out of it and it's not by here to tell you that can't nobody break through your mess but you you can call your mama. You, some of y'all mad at your family now. They wasn't there when they needed me. God was there. God delivered you. God brought you out. You just stayed there. Get up. Walk away. Break through it. Now let me show you something here in this psalm. Uh, let me show you something here. That, that the children of Israel had lost everything. They lost everything. Babylon had come. And destroyed the temple. Now, let me explain something to you. The, the Jewish belief was that the spirit of God dwelt in the temple. So now with the temple being destroyed, that means that the presence of God was no longer with them. That was their mentality. So their mentality now is that the, the, the God of Abraham and Jacob have, has been conquered. That he has been conquered and now the spirit is no longer with them. They've lost their homes. They have been dragged up out of their homes. Their homes have been destroyed. There's nothing left in Jerusalem but the low class. They took all the intelligent and the smart, hard workers. They took them to Babylon to work. They left there. everybody else there. All the low class people was there. They, they, they later became the Samaritans. And so now, now they are, here they are. They got to travel from Jerusalem to Babylon. Knowing that their life forever has changed. Knowing that their life forever will never be the same. It will never be like it was before. And some of us had gone through that situation this year. We had gone through things that have changed our lives completely. Our life will never be the same again. Monumental things. I'm not speaking about little small things that you can shrug off in a day or two. I'm talking about things that have left a long lasting effect on your life. Things that wake you up late in the midnight hour. Things that that when you're having a good time, it creeps in your mind and puts a damper on what's going on. Things that you try to forget about, but yet they always seem to remind you that they're there. The children of Israel had lost everything. And they even felt like they lost their God. So, so, so what did they do? The Bible says here, as they were walking by the rivers of Babylon, they began to weep. The Bible says they began to weep as they remembered how life used to be. So many of us have cried many tears this year because we remember how it used to be. 
we, we remember how it was with him or how it was with her or how it was with it. And, and when we began to think about it, we wept. And then the Bible says that upon the willows, they hung up their harps. Many of us have hung up our dreams, our aspirations. We've hung up our, our lives because of the situation that we were in. Many of us have given up. And because we've given up, we've hung up that thing that God has blessed us with. Am I talking to anybody in this room? You know, that's why it's such a struggle for you to operate in ministry. Because you hung it up. That's why I struggle for you to be faithful to anything. Because you hung it up. You allowed what went on in your life. You allowed that enemy to, to bully you, to take everything from you. To the point to where all you want to do is hang everything up and just sweep. But look at your neighbor and tell them, don't hang it up. Don't hang it up. Whatever it is that, you're, that you've been called to do, don't hang it up. It's, it's not over because it looks like you're by. It's not finished because it looks like you're finished. Don't hang it up. You can't hang it up because God has given you that. He has given you that as an instrument of war. Oh, y'all going to miss that in here. I, I, not an instrument of praise. It's an instrument of praise to him. But to the enemy, it's an instrument of war. God has equipped you with a gift that wages war on the enemy. And you can't afford to hang up what God has given you. Because if you hang up what God has given you, you have just lost your key. Your key to victory. Touch your neighbor and tell him, don't hang it up. Don't. Don't hang it up. Don't hang it up. I know it got rough. You, you thinking about, and I'm talking about, I'm talking to an artist. You, you think that you're not going to paint again. Don't hang it up. You're talking to an entrepreneur. You think because that business failed the last time, you'll never do it again. Don't hang up. Don't hang up your dreams because it didn't work the first time. That's your only weapon to survival. Oh my gosh. Don't, you can't hang it up. The Bible says that they began to hang it up. And if the enemy was smart, if he wasn't arrogant, he would have allowed them just to hang up their weapon. He, he would have allowed them just to hang up their heart. But, but that one thing about that devil, he's an arrogant thing. He, he, likes to, he likes to get in your face and flaunt all the wrong, all the wrong that you've done. Oh, y'all ain't going to talk. Now, I can say what he did, all the wrong you've done. He, he likes to flaunt the things that, the weapons, uh, he likes to flaunt your failures in front of you. He likes to give you a visual and let you see all the things that have been destroyed in your life. That's what the enemy has done. And because he's arrogant, that is what he God uses against the enemy. His own arrogance. And if they would have just left the children of Israel alone, everything would have been alright. But then they had to ask a question. They said, sing us one of those songs of Zion. If they would have just left them alone and let them keep walking to the, if they would have let, let their harp stay on the willow tree, if they would have just kept their mouth shut, but the enemy wanted to rub it in their face that they had conquered their God and said, sing us. See, that, that was very strategic. They didn't just say, sing us a song. They said, sing us a song of Zion. Hey, I want you to sing a song that makes you remember your pain. Oh my gosh. I want you to sing a song that makes you remember how things were. I want you to sing a song that's going to make you stay in your past. 
You, you ain't gonna talk to me in this room. He said, what, what he's really saying is, I want you, cause see, hey, let, me, let me explain something before I move on. What he's really saying is, I want you to remember all the wrong that has happened in your life. But see, here's the catch. When we remember all the wrong that we, has happened in our life, all the wrong that we have done, all the wrong things that went wrong, and we can still remember it. Y'all gonna miss this. It's no longer a memory, it's a testimony. Y'all gonna talk to me in this room. And the Bible says that we are overcome by the word of our, the blood of the lamb and the what? Word. So, so, so if they would have just left them alone, it would have been all right, but he made them remember what they went through. He made them remember what they came through. Y'all ain't going to talk to me in this room. He made them remember where they came from. And then the Bible says, they asked the question, how can we sing a song of the Lord in a foreign land? Have you ever been in that situation? How can I have joy in all this hell? If I was back at where I was supposed to be, if I was back in my, 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 my youth, if I was back when I was going to church every week and operating in ministry, it'd be easy for me to sing a song of Zion. But, but, but right now in my captivity, how, how can I sing a song in a place that I've never been before? In this place of trial, in this place of a pain, in this place of heartache, how can I sing a song of the Lord? And I'll stop by here to tell you that as soon as they asked the question, God gave the answer. And he gave the answer in the, in, in the sound of a song. And they began to lift their voices and they began to sing about remembering Zion. He said, they, they said, I'll never forget Jerusalem. See, I want you to understand something. Here's what they were saying. Because Jerusalem was connected to the spirit of God. What they were saying is that all that I've gone through, I'll never forget the spirit. God, I know that I've been through some things. I know everything looks like it's gone. I know everything looks depleted. I know everything looks destroyed. But when you begin to start singing about Jesus, all of a sudden, you just remember how good he is. Am I talking to somebody in this room that if the enemy would have just left you alone, you might have still been in depression. You might have still been in that situation. You might have still been in prison. But that enemy got arrogant and let you loose for one second and allowed you to grab your weapon one more time and I come by to tell somebody that whatever you go through don't stop singing because you got to understand that a song is a weapon unto God now I'm not just speaking about melodies I'm not just speaking about songs as we know it but what they were saying is that it's a praise uh, when, when, when the Bible talks about worship, one of the songs, one of the Hebrew words for worship is, is also means singing. And so when they were singing about, when they was telling them to sing, what they were really telling them to do was worship. And I've stopped by here to tell you is that the enemy is so dumb, he just commanded you to do what you know how to do best. I don't know about you, but I was never a fighter. Uh, when it come down to the streets, I, I couldn't tell you what to do. But you give me a Bible. You give me a scripture. You give me a song. And I'll beat that devil's head all night long. Is there anybody else in this room uh, that's got a weapon of praise? Uh, is there anybody else in this room uh, that knows that the weapons of your warfare uh, are not carnal, uh, but they're mighty through God uh, to the pulling down of strongholds? Uh, High five about 10 people and tell them whatever you do this year, don't stop singing, don't keep your mouth shut. 
David said, I will bless the Lord at all times, and his praises shall continually be in my mouth. I've stopped by to tell you some good news that the fight is not over, it's just begun. And all I want to know is who in here is ready to go to war. Find somebody, tell me you got to fight for this. You got to fight for this. You got to fight for your marriage. You got to fight for your peace. You got to fight for your joy. Fight for your children. Fight for your money. That job belongs to you. Fight for that place. Fight for that land. For the land belongs to you. Fight for what you know. Don't just lay there and die. But if the enemy comes against you, pull out one of them old songs of Zion and tell them, devil, I woke up this morning with my mind stayed on Jesus. Is there anybody in this room that's got the same song somewhere in the Bible? It says, let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. There's another song of Zion, in case you didn't know how I got here. But the songwriter said that we've come this far by faith, leaning on the Lord. Is there anybody in here that knows you didn't get here on your own intellect? You didn't get here because you got a college degree. You didn't get here because of who your daddy was. But the only reason you're standing here today is because you believe. Is there anybody in here that still believes God? There's another song out there that when the enemy comes in and tries to discourage your heart, there's a song out there that says, In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we have the victory in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus Satan has got to flee somebody tell me who can stand before me when I call on that great name Jesus 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 Grab your neighbor's hand and tell him we got, tell him we have, we have the victory. Shout yes, shout yes, shout yes, shout yes. Give him a praise, give him a praise, give him a praise, give him a praise. We've got to sing under the bus. We've got the victory. 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 Shout yes! Use your weapon. Use your weapon. Use your weapon. Don't stay there. But this year, I'm breaking through it. This year, I'm coming out of it. This year, I'm going to get through it with the help of the Lord. Because if it had not been 
for the Lord who is on my side. Somebody say, where? Where would I? Come on, somebody ought to please Lisa pray. Come on, let that devil know if you're going to take me, I'm not going quiet. I'm not going easy. I'm not taking a one for the team. I'm going to fight like there's no tomorrow. I'm going to fight like I have nothing to lose. I'm going to fight like my life's depending on it. I'm going to fight like my seed's depending on it. I'm fighting for my children. I'm fighting for my generation. I'm fighting for the church. I'm fighting for the true and living God. But I'm fighting with my praise. That's why I shout. That's why I dance. It's not an emotional frenzy, but it's a weapon of warfare. And when I praise them, things begin to move. When you praise them, things begin to shift. When you praise them, the atmosphere changes. When you praise them, chains fall off. When you praise them, bodies are set free. People are healed. Somebody release a praise. This praise isn't for you, but it's for the one you're sitting next to. They might be getting ready to kill themselves. They might be ready to turn in the towel. But send up a praise for your neighbor. Let your neighbor know that I'm bearing the infirmity of the week. That whatever you're going through, I'm going to take it and I'm going to give God praise like it's no tomorrow. I'm going to give God praise that your family will be blessed, that your family will be delivered, that your family will be broken through. Somebody give God praise. Give God praise. Give God praise. Open up your mouth. Release a praise. Change the atmosphere. Send back every plot, every plan that the devil tried to use in 2013. We canceled its assignment. We send it back to the dry place. Send it back. Send it back. Death, we send it back. Depression, we send it back. We send it back. Heart failure, we send it back. Kidney disease, we send it back. Nerve damage, we send it back. Migraine headaches, we send it back. Diabetes, we send it back. AIDS, we send it back. Alcohol addiction, we send it back. Sex addiction, we send it back. Be set free. Be set free. Be set free. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Find ten people and tell them be free. Be free. You can praise them now because you're free. You can praise them now because there's no condemnation. Those that walk in the spirit not after the flesh you can praise them now because what had you bound you're no longer bound you can praise them now because blind Bartimaeus said all I know 
is I was once blind, but now I can see. Is there anybody in here that's got their vision back? Is there anybody in here that's got their provision restored? Is there anybody in this room that's ready to tackle 2013 with the armor of God? Stand against the walls of the devil. The Bible declares that if we resist the devil, he will flee. Devil, get out of our home. Get out of our church. Get out of my bank account. Get out of my place of worship. Get out of my mind. Get out of my children. You've got no place in my life. I command you to leave. Get out of it. Go back to hell. Go back to the dry place. I dare you right now to open up your mouth and begin to use your power. For the Bible declares that he's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we can ask or think but it's according to the power that works inside of you look at somebody and tell them to work your power it's already inside you it's already inside you it's been laying dormant but I've stopped by here to tell you that God is going to be like the eagle that's in the book of Deuteronomy and he's about to stir some things up but don't worry about it he's not stirring it up to get you mad he's not stirring it up to defeat you but he's stirring it up to bring you forth to bring you out God's going to use it for your good so get ready because all your comfort zones are going to be removed get ready because in 2013 there will be no excuse on why you can't pray there will be no excuse on why you can't sing there will be no excuse on why you can't come to church because God has scattered your enemy let God arise and let his enemy let his enemy let your enemy be scattered give him a praise shout yes if you're free shout yes 2013 here I come with more anointing more power more joy more strength than I ever had before I'm taking it for the kingdom suffering violence but to finally take it back by force take it back take it back take it back take it back everything that the devil stole take it back take your husband back take your wife back take your money back take it back
find somebody that looks like they're going through and just encourage them take them by the hand and encourage them and tell them baby God's going to do it everything you've been praying for everything you've been crying about God's going to turn it around he's already giving you a way out all you got to do is just break through Come on, find about five people sitting down. Tell them breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough it, breakthrough it, breakthrough it, breakthrough it, breakthrough it, breakthrough it. You weren't meant to die here. Breakthrough it. You weren't meant to stay here. Breakthrough it. Where everybody that got a testimony. I need those that got a testimony. That I've been through hell and high water. But I made it out. I've been sick. But I made it through. I've been hurt. But I made it through. I almost lost my mind. But I made it through. I was ready for the sick. I was ready for the prison pen. But I made it through. I was ready for the nut house. But I made it through. Where's everybody at that's got a testimony? What I want you to understand is that it doesn't matter what condition you're in. See, we, we have glorified the tomb. The greatest thing about the tomb is that Christ is no longer there. <laughs> Y'all just missed that. We glorified the place that we felt like we've been buried at. We glorified the... You know, it's funny how people have so much respect for 
graveyards. It always kind of bewildered me. Like, why do people have such great respect? Like, they won't walk through them at night. And, you know, all this respect for a graveyard. Well, all these dead folk at. Ain't nobody living in a graveyard. Despite what you think, nobody in there is alive. And ain't no ghosts running around looking for people in the graveyard. Everybody who's dead, according to the scripture, the Bible says, after death comes the what? Judgment. That's it. But we have all this respect for the dead. And we just let the living go. You got to understand, stop glorifying your situation. God has has come and he has freed you from it. He said, Lazarus, come forth. The Bible says, Lazarus, come forth like a mummy. He came out bound. He still was bound. He came out mummified. Come out smelling like death. And it looked like a miracle, but we couldn't tell because he still had the grave clothes on. But then Jesus wasn't finished with them. He told the disciples, go, untie him, undress him. And many of you, God has given the word. Can't nobody even get to you because you're still behind the stone. You're sitting up, breathing. In a tomb. No stone. No haters. You know, we talk about them haters all the time. That's a new church theology. 21st century. Talk about the haters. The haters. The haters keep me. Tell people the Bible said, I'm going to make your enemies. And I always tell people now, you know, when we think of a footstool, don't, don't think with that scripture that, oh, yeah, we get to step on folks. That's not what it's saying. A footstool is used to elevate you, for you to get to a position that you can't get to without it. What the Bible was saying, I want to use your enemies to assist you. Y'all, y'all missing that. To take you where I need you to be. Y'all. You have to break through it. Many of us come to church, we get a good feeling, and we leave. And we go right on back. You know why we go back? Because all we had was a feeling. And I don't know about you, but I've been living long enough to tell you, a feeling don't cut it. Anybody here used to do drugs? You get that first hit? And then you keep going, trying to find that. I mean, with somebody. And then you all had sex for the first time. You keep going and going, trying to get that feeling the first time again. Your feeling doesn't do it. So you go home and you fill this void with other things because you're still empty. Because you came and felt, but you didn't submit. I mean that's a whole nother that's a whole nother sermon. That, that, that's a whole nother sermon about the whole sex and marriage before marriage thing. That's a whole nother sermon. But but that's what happened. We come and feel, but we don't submit. 
We have no intention of submitting. We come to church and say, if this don't happen, I ain't coming back. If this don't happen, I ain't coming. If this don't happen, we come and we seek for all these signs. And you know what the Bible says? You know what Christ said about signs? He says, an adulterous generation seeks a sign. So you come into church, I, if I don't get this, if I don't feel this, if this don't happen, you're an adulterer. And you may have never touched a married person. But you're an adulterer. You have the heart of an adulterer. Because an adulterous gener generation always seeks a sign. Now I'm shifting for a moment to those that have been in it for a while. And I'm talking to you. How many people in here that have been in it for a while? And, and you know, sometimes you got to do it when you don't even feel it. You ain't feeling nothing, but you got to do it. So I'm talking to some folks now that you got to pray even when you don't feel like praying. Miss Jones, I know when you was, um, when they said you had MS and you lying there paralyzed from the neck down, you didn't feel like praying. You could have just looked at, make that medicine, let you go to sleep and you could have slept. But no! Because feelings don't do anything but leave you longing for more. 2013, you got to break out. God has done everything. God has done all the hard work. You know all he wants you to do? Stay committed. You might, that might be hard for some, but you know what? Christ did all the hard work. You know what I mean? What I'm saying is that he already died that you might live. He hung up on the cross all those hours, not you. He took that beat, not you. And for those that think that didn't happen, trust and believe history books prove it. That man was crucified in your place. That's how much he loves you. And you know what he asked in return? He don't even say, he doesn't even say, listen, if you want to be like me, you got to go through that same death. No, he says, all you need to do is be baptized into my death. Now, how easy is that? He's, I'm not asking you to go back to the cross again. I'm asking you to take my doctrine, take what I've done and make it and, and tell the world about it. I'm asking you to take what I've done and become a believer in it. And I'm speaking to somebody in this room, a group of people in this room. God says it's over. It's over. That's why it doesn't work anymore for you. That's why you're so unhappy. What used to bring you joy don't bring you joy no more. So before the enemy gets you so sunken in that you're ready to commit suicide, how about you try something else? try Christ because that's just the next step I'm telling you and then he begin to isolate you some of y'all are already here don't want to be bothered with anybody nobody calls you no more he wants to get you alone and while you're alone you know what he's doing he's working on your mind and before you know it you're ready to take a bottle of pills or you're ready to, to drink out your mind or you're ready to smoke so much that it, it, it makes you sick you're ready to do anything to try to get away from what you think is life and I'll stop by to tell you that you haven't begun to live yet And I'm going to be dealing with this in this coming month. But I'm stopped by here to tell you, breakthrough doesn't mean your problems are going to leave. That's a misconception that many people preach. And when you come to Christ, oh, your life is wrong. I'm a living witness. It's wrong. Stuff still happens. But it's the fact, not so much that God delivers me out of my stuff, but he, gives me, he changes me in the midst of my stuff. I'm learning that God doesn't pull you out like we think he does. He changes you right in the middle of it so you have the power to walk out of it. 
Because if he pulled you out, he'd do all the work. You wouldn't be grateful. You wouldn't learn your lesson. Amen? Amen. Sometimes you got to, you know, you got to let your child touch that burner. You can smack them hands as many times as you want, tell them not to do it, but they got to taste that pain themselves. And God said, I've already delivered you. I've already brought you out. He says, but I'm not going to pull you out of it. I'm not pulling you out of it. You're going to have to walk out of it. It's 2013 already. You made it. Everybody's standing. You know, you made it. You made it to 2013. And you know, you know, I, I don't, I don't even say a challenge because I don't believe in it. A challenge, you know, I beseech you. I feel like I'm begging you. I'm begging you because you know you're so precious to God. You are. Everybody in here is just so precious to the Lord. Believe it or not, God loves you. Believe it or not, and I know sometimes we can get caught up, <clears throat> like in the old tradition, and they want to make you feel guilty about everything. But I'll stop by here to tell you, we serve a merciful God, a gracious God. If you don't, that's the first thing I want you to understand about God, that his mercy endures forever. However, he's long-suffering. But however, we're not always going to have the opportunity we think we're going to have. Many people died this year. When I say by many people, we had so many tragic deaths. All of a sudden, they here today, going today. It's just, it was like crazy. I'm talking about from like celebrities down to just people that we know every day. Just gone. No, no cancer. No uh, years of sugar diabetes. No, no kidney. Just gone. And I'm noticing more deaths like that as we get closer and closer to the coming of the Lord. People are just leaving without any rhyme or reason. All ages. And I think God is showing us something. This what He's showing us is that we don't have as much time as we think. And I and I don't necessarily. I'm not talking necessarily about the return. I'm talking about your life. That you just can't think because you're 19 or 20 or 30 that you're going to live till you're 60, 70, or 80, and that you got all this time because it's not promised. But I tell you what is promised. 2013, right now. Right now is promised. Right now, you're still here. And you can make this decision. And you can make this choice. Intercessors, where you at? Begin to pray. And what I'm saying is this. Say, so you can make this choice. And you don't have to do it alone. One thing about, you know, I love about this place is that people real... I mean, you know, we, you know, it's people just real here. Ain't nobody coming in with them big old, you know, poofy collars, and I mean, we wear them, but you know, you, you know, I mean, coming out. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a joke to y'all gonna learn that about me. You know, coming in with all that, you just say it's thou, those sleep, you know, and and then you know, oh, if you got a problem, come talk. You know, I, I don't want to talk to you. You don't even like you can relate to me, but we got some real folk here. Folk that have been through some stuff. Amen. That God has delivered. And God is delivering. And, and, and I say all that to say this, is that what happens is, it's not so much you don't go through it, it's that you ain't got to go through it alone. You don't have to go through it. And that's the only thing I'm presenting to you today, is that don't go through this thing by yourself. 